Hey, it's Stu with Bitcoin and Financial Independence and one of the biggest pieces of news to drop in the last week. I have a screenshot here from Thursday, June 15th from Swan's Twitter account. It says, the BlackRock ETF filing is live and it's spot. Quote, the assets of the trust consist primarily of Bitcoin held by a custodian on behalf of the trust. And right below that, Bitcoin Magazine had posted just in $10 trillion asset manager BlackRock officially files for a spot Bitcoin ETF. And what a spot ETF means is that you directly own, well, kind of, you have title to the underlying Bitcoin relative to the amount that you purchase. And they have to hold that Bitcoin, I believe, one-to-one. So this is interesting because I believe in the past, Fidelity and Valkyrie and ARK Invest have filed Bitcoin spot ETFs, but they've always been rejected and it doesn't really seem all that clear. What's interesting about this is the BlackRock CEO, Larry Fink, uh, six years ago, he called Bitcoin, quote, an index of money laundering. This was when Bitcoin was priced at $6,000 per coin. And then now, of course, they have filed an ETF. So what's changed, really? And so I just have a ton of screenshots and bookmarked Twitter posts from people that are smarter than me that I've condensed down and tried to understand this a little bit more. Uh, Here's one from Bruce Fenton. It says the BlackRock Bitcoin ETF that was filed for this week is an ETF. Some call it a trust, but it's different than a vehicle like GBTC. Now, I've talked about GBTC. That's the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. There are some major issues with that. I had meant to uh, put out a correction because I had talked about it in a somewhat recent episode, I believe episode 68. Um, David Bailey, who I mentioned on my last podcast, he runs Bitcoin Magazine. He has this site called Redeeming GBTC. It's, it's kind of like, I believe, like a lawsuit against Grayscale. And Grayscale is not actually holding enough Bitcoin. It's trading at a discount. Sometimes it trades for a premium. There's a huge assets under management fee with the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust of about 2%. And they own somewhere around 600,000 Bitcoins. It's not enough Bitcoin. It's not one-to-one. I really don't know the whole financial structure. But let's just say that there are some big issues with this fund and how it's set up. And it's, it's probably not something you want to get involved with is the ticker GBTC. Uh, there are people that are holding the bag. Basically, have losses that they shouldn't have had because it's not trading one-to-one. It's not a spot ETF like what the BlackRock ETF is and also what ARK has applied for in the past, um, along with Valkyrie and some of the others that I mentioned. So uh, check out Redeeming GPTC. And there's another podcast. Uh, I'll link that in the show notes. If you own GPTC, you're going to want to check out that site and that podcast and learn more about it. But this ETF is going to be more like the ETF for gold that BlackRock already has, I believe. It's called GLD. And Bruce Fenton goes on to say that either way, it's a big deal that a company the size of BlackRock is signaling such a major interest in this asset at this time. Bitcoin Magazine says the world's largest asset manager filed a Bitcoin ETF and you're bearish. Uh, Corey Clipston also clarified he jumped in about this whole trust versus ETF, whatever. Um, Again, I'm not a securities expert. I'm not an ETF expert uh, exactly, but I'm not going to read all of it because it talks about these uh, legal forms. But it's okay to call this an ETF. It will trade on an exchange and it will be redeemable to the issuer. It's way better than GBTC, says Corey. Now we'll wait to see if the Securities and Exchange Commission will approve this ETF. Uh, Now, one thing that's really interesting is I mentioned on the last podcast is that Coinbase has been sued by the Securities and Exchange Commission and BlackRock's ETF wants Coinbase to be their custodian. So that gets kind of messy. I'm not sure how that works itself out. That will be interesting to see. 
uh, because I really don't like Coinbase. I think they have lost the plot. I think they are unethical. Uh, they have taken on so many scam coins and basically dumped on retail and had really high fees, just really uh, trying to make a quick buck. And I really just despise Coinbase. I will link an article from Swan about how you can delete your Coinbase account and go to a better exchange like Swan, River, or Strike, my three favorites. Fold is a good place as well, as is Cash App if you want to stack some Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin Magazine also brought to light that BlackRock has filed 575 ETFs that have been approved, and only one of their ETFs has been rejected. So they have a very strong record against the SEC. I'd, I'd be curious which ETF they had that got rejected and trying to figure out why that was rejected and if there's any similarities uh, maybe with the Bitcoin ETF that they just filed. So we'll just have to see if it gets approved. A few more analysis. This is from the Coin Files on Twitter. They say the BlackRock ETF cuts both ways for Bitcoin. On one side, it validates Bitcoin as an asset class, fostering wider acceptance. However, convenience may tempt individuals to opt for the ETF instead of self-custody. To safeguard the principles of decentralization, we must prioritize education on self-custody. So owning the ETF, you do not actually own the Bitcoin. BlackRock does. I think it's important that you own the Bitcoin yourself. Lyle Pratt on Twitter. I'm not sure what he does exactly, but he says this. You don't manage $15 trillion in assets and take on small opportunities. They see this as a way to grow, manage assets by a few trillions. Also, Larry Fink knows it gives the SEC a win that provides an alternative to the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. Uh, Greg Foss also had some commentary who was on the podcast a couple episodes ago. He says that it debunks the ESG narrative against Bitcoin, that Bitcoin is not environmentally friendly. Because BlackRock has a reputation to uphold, and it would suffer blowback if Bitcoin was not environmentally friendly, uh, as is commonly portrayed in the mainstream media. And I am going to talk about that a little bit more in a minute. But yes, Greg Foss is right. It debunks the ESG narrative against Bitcoin. It supports proof of work in the energy sector and electric grid load balancing. It increases adoption and acceptance of a new asset class. There are concerns, but in my opinion, the positives outweigh the negatives. Onward. Now, I've talked about this before a little bit. Uh, I don't know a ton about it. I'm still learning here. But I know that gold is a heavily manipulated market. Will Clemente is a really smart, what's known as an on-chain analysis guy. He, he looks at the blockchain with this uh, software called Glassnode. And he can kind of see what's happening and do some technical analysis. Anyway, he's just really great at giving insights into who's buying, who's selling, uh, whether big accounts or little accounts, uh, little holders of Bitcoin are buying and selling and why and, and the shorts getting wrecked or what's happening. So he has a lot of great insights and really a good follow. Will Clemente says, people are saying that Bitcoin can slash will be manipulated by paper assets like gold are missing two things. Number one, Bitcoin is light years faster and easier to take custody of than gold. And two, unlike gold, anyone can instantly verify the exact Bitcoin supply by running their own node. So that's the problem is, Gold has all this paper manipulation in the ETF market that suppresses price. Joe Burnett on Twitter also put out a similar statement to Will Clemente. He said that gold failed because it is difficult to call bluff on the paper gold market. It is difficult, expensive, and cumbersome to self-custody gold. Bitcoin is succeeding because it is easy to call bluff on the paper Bitcoin market. For example, see Mt. Gox, FTX, BlockFi, Celsius and other exchanges that have failed, 
How do you call bluff on paper Bitcoin? He says, withdraw your coins from exchanges. If you don't, other clients will before you try to, and you'll be left holding nothing. So you better withdraw first. Uh, documenting Bitcoin, going back to this ESG narrative that the BlackRock ETF debunks, you know, they're saying now if they're applying that it's ESG friendly. Bitcoin mining comes from 52.6% renewable energy. For comparison, let's look at the banking industry, which only has 39% renewable sustainable energy. The industrial sector only has 32% sustainable energy. Agriculture has 19%. Gold mining, less than 13%, 12.8%. The iron and steel industry are only 9.8% sustainable energy, and the zinc recycling industry is 1%. Uh, so uh, there's also this chart uh, that I found uh, when the ETF GLD launched in 2006. Gold at that time was priced at about $410 per troy ounce. So for 12 ounces of gold, you're paying $410. So the gold spot ETF launched in 2006. And by 2012, uh, gold was at $2,000 per troy ounce, which is about the same place we are now. We're really close to all-time highs. It actually made an all-time high recently around 2050 per troy ounce, but I think we're slightly down from there. So the gold spot ETF 5X'd the price of gold uh, within the span of about six years. We will see what happens if this spot ETF gets approved and what it does over the next few years, obviously. I mean, it's already kind of giving me some FOMO because Bitcoin has gone from below 26,000 to it touched 28,000. It's dipped slightly since then. So it's uh, already got me thinking about how can I just buy a little bit more because I don't have a lot of dry powder. But obviously what happens with this gold ETF is it just gives investors easier access to exposure to gold in their portfolio and they don't have to custody it themselves. Same with Bitcoin. It's kind of a pain if you want to do cold storage self-custody of Bitcoin. Um, I know I need to talk more about that. That's really important to not just keep it on an exchange or keep it on an app on your phone and a hot wallet but to really put it into cold storage self-custody is really important. It's, it's simpler to store gold in your house, but it's a lot more susceptible to theft. Whereas Bitcoin is a lot harder to steal with multi-sig distributed physical self-custody. Again, I need to talk about this more. But yes, uh, overall, this spot ETF, if it does get approved, it is pretty bullish for Bitcoin, I believe. And it will give a lot of people easy access that don't want to buy it from an exchange, that don't want to go through the hassle of self-custody. It gives you an option. What I was thinking about is, you know, Swan Bitcoin offers a Bitcoin IRA, and I've been using that. I've loved that product from them. That's great. But this would prevent you from having to roll over your Fidelity IRA or your Vanguard IRA from that custodian over to Swan or to Choice or to Bitcoin IRA or to Unchained Capital. Uh, the difference is that you would not actually own the Bitcoin. BlackRock would. Uh, with Swan Bitcoin, I own the Bitcoin directly. So, Anyway, that's that's just a slight nuanced difference there. Here's another random Twitter post. It says, like the BlackRock Bitcoin ETF or not, this is a fact. Hundreds of billions will flow into the Bitcoin ecosystem within the first two, three days of it getting approved. Normies, uh, people in the traditional financial system, will get Bitcoin on their retirement portfolio, whether they like it or not, whether they ask for it or not, and price will go up. That's just this random person's conclusion. I'm not even going to say who it was. So this is obviously not financial advice and you must do your own research. I'm just talking about this for informational purposes and entertainment purposes only. Uh, Preston Pish, who also has a really successful podcast in the space, I think it's called uh, We Study Billionaires or the Investors Podcast Network, something like that. 
He posted this and says, I'm sorry, but after watching BlackRock, Fidelity, Citadel, Schwab, and now Deutsche Bank all apply for Bitcoin spot ETFs, only a few days after the Securities and Exchange drops a temporary restraining order on Binance and sues Coinbase, how can't you think this entire past year was a giant inside job coordinated between the Wall Street parasites and government regulators so that they could catch up? Uh, Lawrence Leopard, he's another prominent Bitcoiner. He says, not to mention their denial of the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust conversion to the ETF. So they're basically saying that this was all a setup. All these crypto things going under like FTX, that this was a setup to tank the price of Bitcoin so that they could get in cheap to crash all these exchanges. David Bailey of Bitcoin Magazine put out a post today saying, let me get this straight. They sent in their goon, Sam Bankman-Fried, pumped him full of money, enabled his massive Ponzi that wiped out the native industry, all while they were preparing their own exchanges and ETFs to come in and, quote, clean up the mess. Pretty genius, to be honest. So we'll see. Will Clemente put out another post, uh, very sar sarcastic. He says, surely BlackRock, Fidelity, Citadel, Schwab, etc., are all trying to get a piece of Bitcoin because they think it's a Ponzi scheme that's worthless because it has no intrinsic value and it's only used for money laundering. Makes sense, right? So you kind of get what he's saying. Do you think you're smarter than BlackRock? Do you think you're smarter than Larry Fink? Do you think you're smarter than Bill Miller? Do you think you're smarter than the people at Fidelity, Deutsche Bank, all these huge bank funds and investors? I mean, really, if you, if you do, you probably need to uh, get over yourself and don't overthink it. Uh, there's another guy, Peter Dunworth. He said, the biggest thing about BlackRock's Bitcoin ETF are the second order consequences. And we already covered this. Number one, it's implicit approval that Bitcoin is an ESG friendly investment. And number two, corporate America now has approval to put Bitcoin on its balance sheet. We just need the accounting rules to be updated and fair. Mark Harvey had another take. He says, even if the BlackRock Bitcoin ETF gets approved, MicroStrategy is still the better option. MicroStrategy has two major advantages. Number one, it has a cash flow generating software business, which allows it to add more Bitcoin to its balance sheet over time. And number two, it does not charge shareholders management fees. Uh, and he has an asterisk here. In the case of a BlackRock ETF, management fees would go to BlackRock. And that is probably a bad thing. Terrence, this is a guy that works at Swan. He had another take. BlackRock's ETF should be much more liquid than the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust with calibrated redemptions to mitigate big discounts to the net asset value. So like GBTC, has a huge discount, meaning that if you put $100 into GBTC, I think the discount is 40%. So you only get $60 of Bitcoin or something like that. So you lose 40% to a discount all the time. It's just not tracking very well. So he's saying that the BlackRock ETF should be much closer tracking. And also we don't know what the fees are going to be. So we'll just have to see how much that would cost because those fees that you pay would go to BlackRock. All right, from Walker, Walker America on Twitter. He says, Bitcoin is the ultimate ESG asset. And ESG, once again, stands for environmental and social governance. Uh, he continues, he says, but not fake performative fiat ESG that defense companies use to pretend making bombs is good for the planet. It is genuinely the best investment in terms of environmental, social, and governance. Don't believe me? Read on. Environmental. Bitcoin mining incentivizes renewable energy use. Miners are cost sensitive and seek out the cheapest electricity, which is increasingly renewable. Miners can also be deployed in remote areas to finance renewable projects before they're connected to the grid. So that's pretty cool. As far as the social aspect of ESG, uh, Bitcoin promotes financial inclusion. It provides access to financial services for unbanked populations worldwide. It's a decentralized system free from government control, providing a level of financial freedom and privacy not offered by traditional financial systems. 
Governance. Bitcoin is open source and operates on consensus mechanisms. It's transparent, auditable, predictable, and resistant to censorship slash manipulation. It's not controlled by any single entity or government, removing risk of corruption and mismanagement. No trusted third parties. Bitcoin is the ultimate ESG asset. At this point, if you don't hold Bitcoin, you're signaling to the world that you don't care about the environment, social, or governance issues. Is that the message you want to send? There will only ever be 21 million Bitcoin. TikTok. All right, there's a couple other tweets that I wanted to talk about as far as what this means with BlackRock, because a lot of people think, well, this is great. The price is going to go up a ton and I'm going to be rich. Here's a random account that says, repeat with me. I will not sell my Bitcoin to BlackRock. Repeat, Bitcoin fam, please. The temptation will come once Bitcoin hits 1 million. Say again, this is a mind prepping process. Temptation sucks. I will not sell my Bitcoin to BlackRock. I will not sell my Bitcoin to BlackRock. The Bitcoin therapist also echoed this sentiment to not give BlackRock your Bitcoin. It will be very hard and very expensive to get back, possibly. There are ways that you can borrow against your Bitcoin. Even today, I was talking to my wife and explaining what had happened, what's going on with BlackRock, and how it could make the price go up a ton. And she was like, well, we could sell some and pay off our HELOC. And I was like, um, I'm not sure if that's the smartest thing to do because you'd have to pay a ton of capital gains and you might not ever be able to get and earn that Bitcoin back. The thing is, as long as they're printing money and the dollar's getting diluted, as long as the dollar is going down, there's more dollars getting created and more dollars flowing into Bitcoin. The smart thing to do is to do what the wealthy do. And I've talked about this before as well. Just borrow against your Bitcoin. Don't pay taxes and pay that off. You can borrow against your Bitcoin on Ledin and on Unchained. And uh, I think even Swan is going to have Bitcoin loans at some point. We'll just have to wait and see. But that's what the smart way to do this is is if you own a Bitcoin and it goes to a million dollars and you can borrow 500000 to buy your home and finance your home, you know, be your own bank, loan against yourself, still have your job and you got to pay the interest, you got to pay it back. But in my mind, that's a smart thing to do. I would just say, don't be tempted. Maybe if you do want to sell off some, set a percentage, you know, maybe you sell 10% of your stack, but uh, just go in there with a plan. You don't ever want to go off emotion, off of uh, FOMO, off of this chance to, to get financially free and fiat money because it's very easy to fall back into fiat slavery uh, whereas bitcoin offers you a lot of freedom and i just again i just cannot understand how bitcoin will not continue to go up as long as fiat currencies continue to go down here is a interesting tweet and i'm going to end on this this is from adam semeca on twitter and he's actually uh, quoting crocius underscore btc on twitter the quote is since the year 1800 51 out of 52 countries that have reached 130% debt to GDP have defaulted. So there have been 52 countries that have reached this threshold, 130% debt to GDP in the last 223 years. And all but one have defaulted. Can you guess which one hasn't defaulted? Uh, if you guess the United States, that would be the only one that has not defaulted upon reaching this much debt to GDP. Uh, and, you know, he gets kind of cheeky with it. He's, he lists the U.S. debt is $31.4 trillion. I'm sure it's probably approaching $32 trillion by now uh, as the Treasury stocks back up um, their reserves and prints more money. Uh, U.S. GDP uh, was $23.3 trillion, I think, last year. Uh, and so he just says, who has a calculator handy? So we're past 130% is the point. So think about that. What are our odds? Is the U.S. not going to default at some point? I don't know. 
probably. I just don't I just don't know how the debt ever gets paid off. There's obviously no intention to pay it off. It never goes down. I guess um, you know, Bill Clinton had a surplus of government money somehow. Um not sure how he did that, but the point is it's it's just gonna continue to go. And how long can it go? I don't know. This is why I am trying to study what Ray Dalio says uh, in his books, uh, Navigating Big Debt Crises. And I'm trying to learn more and understand that whole thing, and I'll try to share some of that on the podcast. It's better to own Bitcoin, but I do think there is a use case for this spot ETF. It will allow me to buy Bitcoin in my health savings account because I can't get a Bitcoin health savings account anywhere that I know of. So I might want to take advantage of that and allocate money there until that product becomes available somewhere else. Some 401ks will let you choose individual stocks. Some limit you to certain funds. And there's also vesting schedules. But if your 401k does let you pick individual stocks and you can buy the BlackRock ETF, I would strongly consider that. And maybe you're two years into your four-year vesting period. This might be another really good use case for the BlackRock Bitcoin ETF if you want to allocate some money there and in these accounts that are a little bit tougher, like a non-vested 401k or a health savings account. Uh, otherwise, I think you're better off with a Swan Bitcoin IRA or an Unchained Capital IRA that directly you own the Bitcoin. So anyway, remember, financial independence is doable. I would not recommend selling your Bitcoin to BlackRock, but do your own research. This is not financial advice. I'll be back with you soon.